Good evening and welcome to episode 4 of My Fancy Zamboni. Unfortunately this week, Joe isn't with us. He's currently getting a suntan in Florida. Hope you have a great time out there, mate. However, you've got the, the rest of us, so myself, David. Uh, good evening, Gref. Good evening, David. And also, for his second week full-time, good evening, Andy. Good evening, David. So, guys, we had a, a fun-filled weekend. Plenty of goals, plenty of incidents. Um, let's, let's, let's crack on. Gareth, um, start with uh, some games from the weekend. Alright, so the first game I'll go with it would be the Panthers v Devils game, the first one on the Saturday for the league. It was a 3-2 win by the Devils, all three goals to the Devils were in the third period. You had a, a post-to-post save from Ben Barnes in the first period. That was a beautiful save. You had Alex Gupto getting the first goal for the Panthers. You had a it was Kovacs doing a drop pass. That was unreal. And then for a power play goal for their second goal, it was just a, a breakout pass by Kovacs to Biggs. Biggs just went top shelf. In the words of a good commentator, where they keep the good whisker. Joey Martin for the for their goal, Joey Martin took for Devil's goal. Joey Martin took the the puck. He squeezed past the defenders. How he did that, I don't know. Went back, went round Garnet, and then just put it over to Pope, and Pope just slotted home. Empty net, couldn't really miss unless you're me, obviously. <laughs> there was one point in the game where it did look a bit feisty. It was Sean Betelogo got a hard hit from the end by Tommy Hughes. Didn't look too good. Tommy Hughes got 2 plus 10 for boarding. But on that power play, Paul Dixon, he redirected a shot on the power play. He went in. It's tied, it's tied up all, all in all. And then for the game-winning goal, you had Biggs turning it over the puck in their own zone. And Pope was just there to pass it over to Joey Martin. And Joey Martin with the, the filthiest goal you've seen in a while. Forehand to backhand to five hole. Beautiful. It was unreal. For, there was also an incident towards the end. Didn't look too good. Uh, ben Blood took a, did a pretty decent hit on number 26 for the Panthers and then Henderson just punched him in the face with his gloves twice and all he got was a roughing penalty as a bit of a lack of discipline Is that the hit where he kind of he's going towards the boards and then he kind of just turned around and leant into him in that respect I've seen that on uh, on social media Yeah it, in the, the replay it did look, look actually it was fine it looked perfectly fine it wasn't that bad like we've seen as hits in the over the past week or two. No, good, good stuff. And obviously, uh, a big game in the league, and um, you know Cardiff getting the uh, the two points. Um, another game big um, in geographical sense was up in Kikori, um the first derby between the Five Flyers and the Dundee Stars, and it was um, the Dundee Stars who came away with a three-one victory. Um, Bouchard down Hart with the goals. Um, Shaber um, with the goal for Fife 
Uh, Sjogsen pulled off a number of saves and, and kept Dundee in the game. Um, big battles are going to have in Scotland, and Dundee have uh, got the uh, the first lick in that one. And they played each other the night after. But Andy, um, what was the games that you were watching? I watched the um, Belfast Giants against the Glasgow clan. Uh, it was a very good game, one where uh, you would have thought uh, Glasgow took full control. They went up for three goals, uh, stuck curb the first and second goals. Uh, and then Scott Pitt also scoring in the third, uh, scoring a third goal. Uh, the second period was a much different affair. Uh, it was Belfast Giants all the way in that period. Uh, we had Darcy Murphy make it 3-1, Kyle Bourne make it 3-2, Patrick Dyer made it 3-3, and then it was 4-3 to the Giants. It was Mark Garside uh, making it 4-3 for the Giants. Uh, and the third period was quite a mixed one. Uh, Scott Tansk on the power play. Uh, and then two Belfast Giants goals, uh, Patrick, Patrick Dwyer and Kyle Bourne again. Uh, we sealed that fight for the uh, for Glasgow and, and a good come from behind win for, for Belfast. Good stuff. Now, Gareth, I know you're dying to tell us the next game that you watched, um, and, and this is where me and Andy just switch off for a while and let you take over for a while. But uh, what was the next game that you obviously saw and uh, want to talk about? Well, the next game was obviously the one where I actually believed we would win, <laughs> and used would. Didn't believe it at all. We did a good start for that game. Was that we saw Harrison Roop and Chris Jorge back in the lineup, much needed for Storm, as we were depleted by injuries. In the whole entire game, Storm outshot the Steelers forty-three to thirty-two. Considering it didn't look the best of games for you guys, that's still pretty decent. PKs for both teams were excellent. Not one power play goal. You had five opportunities, we had three. Neither went in as a power play goal. I must admit, your first goal, that was brilliant for a D-man. George, as he wants to be called, apparently. So we heard on the webcast. And then It's a lot easier to pronounce George than his name. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and then there was a, a collapsing D, for you, or a collapsing communication in your end, to which... Ended up in a, a shot and a goal by Luke Moffat, assisted by Dame Byers. That was that. That was probably one that was hard for you guys to take because you had all the momentum, and then with like 56 seconds ago in the second period, we scored. The third period, you had a, a pretty decent game. You had McGrath scoring, assisted by Owens and. Davey Phillips definitely not my favourite player it was a uh, the, the angle he shot out he shouldn't have really been getting past Jim there but as a, as you know as a goaler yourself <laughs> it's one you want back yeah it certainly looked like on the, on the highlights but again you know, you, they happen um, and they're going to happen over a six a game season Definitely. And then, obviously, you had the game-tying goal with Byers being the assister again. Put it through, like, three of your players on the blue line, and then it was a 2-1 break for Moffat and Long. And, obviously, Long scored. I bet you hated seeing that going back of the net. I don't know what Andy thinks, but I think I'm glad I, I was at a surprise 40th party um, by the Sams of it. So, uh, 
but we'll 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 bring Andy in on, on this game in particular in a moment. Um, but you know, good result for the Storm in in the Challenge Cup. Uh, Andy, what other games were you watching? Uh, the other one was the Milton Keynes Lightning against the Coventry Blaze uh, at uh, Milton Keynes. Um, it was one where Coventry had 50 shots, but they still lost 4-2 to MK. Um, goal, uh, goal scorers were Eric Neely to make it 1-0 Lightning, uh, and then Kevin Morris, Kevin Morris on the power play, and I saw Ben Lake strike in the first period, made it 2-1 to uh, Coventry. And MK came back in the second two goals, uh, Michael Fine and then David Norris. Uh, and in the third period, Michael Fine with the empty netter. Um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a really good game uh, from what I saw, and, and one where MK looked a, a lot in control of that one. Uh, but also, another point is um, Tim Crowder getting his first point for Coventry, uh, and it looks like he's going to be quite a player this season. He, he certainly looks like a great pickup um, for the Coventry Blaze, um, and certainly already. Um, with, the, with the rest of the weekend games, he's certainly doing the business. Um, so another game I, I caught uh, my eyes on was the the return leg in Dundee with the Stars and the Five Flyers. Bit of a closer game, um, ending up on penalties. A finish to all in regulation and after overtime goals from County and Marquardt, ex Sheffield Steel and Coventry Blaze player uh, Bloodalf and his first pro goal. If I've read social media correctly for uh, uh, Bressa, my apologies. Uh, Leveled things up for the Flyers. However. Uh, Kukoran was the guy who got the, the the game-winning penalty shot for the Stars, and they ended up on a four-point weekend. Uh, good, another good start for the Stars. Um, so good, you know. Uh, good to see um, Sjogson uh, put in another good performance. Um, Gref, uh, any other games that you caught? Yeah, the well, the obviously the, the Storm v the Glasgow clan, to which during that game I I actually did write down Brayhead at one point, and I realised. Afterwards, I was like, "Oops, the wrong team." <laughs> in that, in that game, you saw a goal from outside the blue line on a power play. Dallas's brother Travis slotted through Jin's five hole. One he definitely won back, and then Scotty Pitt come back to Hartnell's got, got a goal assisted by Stupka. It was pretty much just cross crease pass, bad post in the net. Then with we scored. Uh, like 6.47 on the clock Marcus Bazara Dane Byers he then scored at 10.02 assisted by Luke Moffat Kieran Long but also with like three seconds gone on the clock in the second period you saw one of the best fights I've seen in a while with Springer and Grattan I think everyone including coaching staff players themselves off-ice officials, stewards, fans, everyone cheering. That was incredible. If no one's seen that yet, I'd advise definitely watching that. Just just the highlights for that as a, as a whole. Then you obviously had the third period. Scotty Pitt scoring again, back post. Assisted by Matt Becker coming back to haunt us. And Stucker again. And then... With like a minute and a half to go, we pulled Chin out, so we had the extra skater. But unfortunately, Connolly for Clan had the other idea, and he scored the empty now. So which unfortunately Glasgow won four two. Good result for the Glasgow Clan, um, up in Manchester. Andy, uh, what other games have you seen this weekend? 
I've also seen a, a fantastic game between the, the Coventry players and Nottingham Panthers. A very, very close game that ended up in uh, penalty shots. Um, first, it was the Panthers who scored through Mark Herterbees. Uh, then Coventry equalised in the first period with this time his first goal for the club, uh, Tim Crowder again. Uh, the second period, uh, there was no scoring whatsoever, but still very, very much uh, end-to-end action. Uh, and in the third period, uh, the Panthers took the lead through uh, Tim Billingsley. And then Coventry pulled one back uh, from Luke Ferrara. And then it was 3-2 uh, from Mark Curtis again. And then 4-2 Panthers from Alex Guptill. And two more goals again, Tim Crowder uh, and uh, Kellen Ainsworth uh, to make it 4-4. And the penalty shots, uh, Robert Farmer and Mark Kersabees are both uh, missed for the Panthers. Uh, ben Lake scored for Coventry. Uh, and then Alex Guptill uh, scored again in a, in a shootout. Uh, Luke Pither and Justin Kovacs as well. Uh, those three uh, straight after them making uh, the Panthers win that one after a shootout 5-4. It did sound like a, a great game at the Sky Dome and... I mean, I've, I caught the highlights of that because everyone's saying, watch this penalty shot, watch this penalty shot. And that was a great penalty shot. But one thing I noticed on the highlight, the atmosphere at the Sky Dome. And some, I think we've, we've mentioned in the, in the previous podcast is that if they have a team that they can get behind and they can identify with, the atmosphere just cranks up. They get behind their team and it's already beginning to sound like that, Andy, that you know the Blaze fans are already identifying with this team and it's going to make it a tough place to play. Oh, definitely. Uh, many times we've been to Sky Dome and it's been absolutely buzzing in there. Um, and they've, they've got a good squad this season, uh, but I think by, by adding Tim Crowder, uh, it's going to give that extra buzz in that building. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic place to be for Blaze fans. No, I, I agree with you there. Um, Gref, uh, any other games that you caught? Yeah, uh, the the one that was on Free Sport, the Cardiff v Milton Keynes Challenge Cup game which was an unfortunate game for Milton Keynes, only having 13 skaters, three recognised D-men, and it ended 9-1 to Devils, where you had six goals in the first by Cardiff. They were Linglet, Hedden, Morissette, Ulmer, Pope, and then Joey Martin got a, ha- a natural hat-trick. Very good player. Underrate- I wouldn't say underrated, really. I'd say he's it's- probably one of their best players in the Elite League era myself and then Bentelogo finished it off there was no scoring in the third period which was straight I'd say going through all that game pretty bit strange but yeah the only Cardiff only had five shots in the third period which was you know they took their foot off their, the pedal there certainly a relief to the, the Milton Keynes Lightning and Joey Martin again kind of living up to the GOAT status he has in Cardiff um, and definitely you know he's he's very if he's not already and I think everyone knows it he's definitely their franchise guy uh, Andy uh, do you catch any other games? I did um, I caught the Guildford Flames and the Sheffield Steelers uh, game on Sunday in Guildford um, probably a game that I'd rather as a Steelers fan not want to talk about really but uh, here we go <laughs> Uh, first, it was uh, Evan Jansen uh, scoring the first period for Guildford. Uh, that's the only really, that's the only goal there was in the, in the first. And then uh, Cruz Reddick made it two 0 Guildford in the second, followed by a strike from uh, Kaliakared. And then uh, Ian Waters making it four one to four nil to Guildford. Uh, then in the third, uh, Cruz Reddick again making it five nil on the power play. 
And then uh, finally, a steal strike from Justin Buzio on the power play. Uh, the final score of 5-1 to Guildford. Not the best weekends for the Sheffield Steelers. Now, there were two other games uh, midweek. Um, and we'll stay at Guildford, where the Fireflies uh, hopped on the bus, went uh, just down the road, um, and pulled off a very good 4-1 victory. Uh, and a great night for Bloodoff with a hat-trick, um, with Cazola getting the other strike. Uh, Crowder, uh, 0-3 in that game. Dunbar getting the uh, the concession strike for the Guildford Flames. But one start of note, um, Owens... 50 out of 51 saves um, for a team that's 1-4-1 that's a heck of a start for the goalie so uh, very much a good night uh, in the office for him and then the night after Belfast hosted the Nottingham Panthers and the Panthers showed their dangerousness um, winning the game 6-3 but they went 5-0 up goals from Piffer Henderson Rizling, Betterich and Kovacs before um, Roach and Jonna. Jonna getting two goals uh, in the game and Kovacs getting the the second goal to finish 6-3 to the Panthers. Um, so, lots of goals. Um, guys, give us one highlight from the weekend from yourselves. Well, I'd say for my highlight, it's probably the, the Springer fight against Grattan. Pound for pound, it was just... One of the best fights I've seen in a very long time. I must admit, I've seen that fight. It is a absolute belt of a scrap. And one thing a few people mentioned, and I'm going to chuck in as well. Fair play to the officials. They could have. There was a couple of cases where they could have easily jumped in to stop it. And they've clearly recognised, no, these are two guys, they're going to go for it. Let them get it out of the system. And you know what? Fair play to them. They gave the fans a treat. Absolute cracking tilt. Um, Andy, what was your highlight from the weekend? Um, as, I, as I wasn't at any games this weekend, uh, unfortunately, uh, I have caught something, uh, uh, another fight uh, between uh, Jacob Doty and Kevin Morris. It was one hell of a scrap. Um, Jacob Doty also picking up that instigator penalty, which we've talked about before. Uh, but no, a, a fantastic fight, uh, and it definitely raised electric in that building. Very much so. It was a, a bit of a, it was a bit one sided, but definitely good scrap for me. Um, it's the goalie. Um, we're continuing the uh, finding more love for goalies and some great net minding performances for me. Uh, Sogson and Owens putting in some absolute outstanding performances across Saturday, Sunday, and the midweek. Um, and I think it's good that the other teams that aren't out or outside the uh, the top four, as it were, having strong net minding performances already. It bodes well for the rest of the season. Um, but I think one thing we have to mention because it's not just the games it's been kind of a lot played off the ice is a little bit of a meltdown in the Steel City Um, a lot of discontent a lot of unhappiness from the get-go some people not happy with pre-season some people suggesting that we should have played weaker opposition Um, and then the results haven't gone the way the Steelers expected. And I'll, I'll bring Andy in first. And no disrespect to the Storm or the Flames, but if you look at the team that's been signed on the paper, and we'll ignore the Rupert Rivers for the moment, um, Andy, the, the games that realistically should be winning, on paper, the Steelers should be getting the wins in them games. Yes, definitely. I mean, there's there's something not quite right uh, going in going on inside that club. Uh, something I will point out is the Guildford uh, the Guildford game uh, in Guildford on the Sunday. Uh, about 40 penalty minutes for the Steelers. 
uh, counted about 10, 10 individual penalties for, for Sheffield in that in that third period and just one for the Flames. And this is something that I pointed out uh, not so long ago. Uh, it's the team's discipline. Um, it definitely needs to be improved uh, as well as a scoring aspect. I don't think there's really a scorer on that team, uh, which is what we need to bring in. Uh, I think defensively we're okay. Uh, phys- uh, physically we're fine. You know we've got players who will stand up for anyone on any, on any given night. It's just that that scoring touch, that that finish that is missing from his team. And I think once we've got that, I think we stand a much better chance of winning more games. Yeah, I must admit, um, there's a he- there's a heck of a lot of disinterest, and it, 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 on the highlights shown, and I said this weekend I've not seen any uh, physically live games, but the highlights, there just seems to be that element of disinterest or the uh, the perception of disinterest um, without being you know close by and seeing it for yourself. It's all a bit more to perception. And Gareth, I'll bring you in as a as an outsider looking in, as it were, and ignoring the fact that your team did get the win over Sheffield. Um, from from July onwards, it, it, it just from an outsider, it just hasn't appeared to be a harmonious camp across the board. Team fans, it's, this just seems to be a, a, a heck of a split. Oh, I agree on that one definitely. From looking over Facebook, Twitter, and Twitter, all social media, it doesn't sound like Destiers that everyone knows. Like even back in the old days in the ISL era, so they're they're going back some good years. It, you always had a a belting team, and this I don't know what's going on with, uh, over over the Pennines, but it doesn't seem like the normal Steelers that everyone knows. From what I've seen, um, I I generally think, uh, and I've been very. Um, vocal in this is that I generally believe that as a team I think we are about a couple of signings away from being a team that's actually going to challenge very hard They, for me the transition from defence offence is quick and it's good they just seem to want and this could be due to multiple reasons but they seem to want to make that extra pass make it look a bit nicer and, and everyone likes a pretty goal you know let's, let's not take that away um, but we saw me and Andy and Joe when we was down in Milton Keynes they appear to be more direct and they continued to stretch a good goal in Colleen, but they were getting the goals because they were being a bit more direct and they weren't giving the netminder an extra chance. Um, I mean, Andy, I, I, something I will definitely mention is it's definitely the, the, uh, the social media aspect of, of this week, but uh, I'll ask you, when it's a bit of an on-the-spot thing, but there seems to be, I'll be honest with you, a slight overreaction. And I'll, I'll back up afterwards, but for me, I see. And what do you think? There seems for me, there's a, a bit of an overreaction from a lot of the fans um, to this weekend. The, sorry, the previous weekend's results and bringing everything in. What, what do you think, Andy? I think you're right. Um, I mean, as the Steelers know, people expect you to win, uh, but it's not always that easy. I, I mean, yeah, results haven't been what we want so far, but it's only October. Uh, well, September, sorry, um, almost into October. Um, so I, I think it is a bit too early for people to panic. You know, I, I just think we need to give Thompson a bit more time just to bring that chemistry up in that team. I think the only but the only point we'll panic is in maybe a few months, maybe Christmas time, if things haven't improved. And I think that's when um, something else needs to be done. But I just, I just think people need to, you know, you know just, just just calm down a bit and just give them a, 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 just a bit more time. Uh, 
uh, hopefully we'll get things right um, and you know, that's all I can really hope for at the minute as fans that's all we really can do I mean for me as a fan of a sports team you should always want to see your team do well you always want to see your team win that's that's nature of the beast you want to see your team give everything um, a, a difficult one to, to kind of measure when you're sat away from the action or even close by uh, there's so many factors that you just can't say yeah he's not trying or you know there's so many that I don't believe you can definitely do it with conviction you can say it to get some likes and some retweets but I think that's all you can really do if I'm honest with you and, and I'll argue that to anybody um Play for the logo. Play, play for the shirts. Um, yes, expect that. But again, it's, it's something I was thinking about before we do this podcast. It's, it, I don't think it's something you can actually measure in how you can tell that person's playing for for the badge or playing for the shirt, playing for the team. You know, being that team player. Um, you can say, well, if they block shots or they do, you know, the stuff that they're not meant to, and that's that's a, a quick measurement, and, and that's probably, you know, there's probably a lot of merit in that. But I don't think it's as simple as that. Um, so. You look at just some of the reactions. I mean, I'll ask Gareth this question, and I'll throw my my two pen for this. Yes, results you shouldn't be happy with. You should never be happy with losing. And that's the nature of sport. That's an, it's a results-based industry. But I I generally believe that there's a number of of the fans that just seem to have a little bit more of an agenda, a little bit more of a, you know, let's push for you know we're already clamouring. You know, three weeks into the season, we're already clamouring for the Tomo out. Uh, is, is the call now already made because of the pre-season and the results and I, I'm, I'm not going to lie I think there's some people that are using it for a little bit of an agenda I mean it's easy for someone who's a, who's a fan of the club to say this looking at the fans and, and trying to measure it but as an outsider looking in do you think it's a fair assessment for people to start calling it now for Tom out or do you think that is the overreaction I think that really is an overreaction as much as yeah you've not won the league title whilst he's been there you have won some playoffs. You've won. Yeah, I, I remember being there for one of my first playoffs in the Elite League for a good while. I'm thinking, come on, can this game just end already? There's that many overtimes. But like, it's you don't want to do it right at the very start of the season. If like come December wise and you're still having the same problems, by all means, sing your heart out with the Tom out stuff. But not when it's like September. It's, it's just like no no really point of doing that at the moment. Your players are just starting to gel. Yeah, I mean, and I'll, I'll throw the thing you mentioned time and Andy's throw mentioned time. But I'll ask Andy this question because a lot of people are saying, well, well Tomo's had three years. So, you know, that's surely enough time. And, and every year it's gone backwards, you know. Can you realistically, with a team that he he got from Adams... Because a lot of people have mentioned Jared Adams' name, and he's now um, comfortable in in the private sector. Um, and with the signings that he's made, and and have gone, etc., etc. Do you want Andy? Do you honestly think that actually you can people say, well, he's had three years, everything's going backwards, he's had his time, Tom around? I don't think so. Uh, the, the first season he came in was obviously mostly from Jared Adams and and the players that he signed. Uh, he's had a few years, maybe to try and incorporate his own team uh, but so have other people other coaches from different teams uh, there's a number of teams like this season compared to last that you know that have improved significantly uh, one of those I think is the Steelers um, but again it's, it's only September and people need you know just give a bit 
give a bit more time. Uh, hopefully, the players' confidence will come. Will come in that. If he's a 16 new guys, 16 completely new guys who have not really even experienced the league before. So I think with a bit more time and, and just the right line combinations, and maybe maybe things will get better. Okay, I mean, I, I I I think there's a lot in what you're saying is 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 very merited, and obviously since then um, there has been some changes, and um, Paul Thompson has made the cut in um, in the uh, the brothers, the Rupert brothers. Now it has led to, in my own opinion, now the buzzword of British hockey thrown the player under the bus. Um, but I I'll say this, I think the, his replacements are very much a make and break already. As much as I'm not saying we should be clamouring for the Tom Albrecht calls, I think these two signings that he will replace and rumour are that they will be in for the weekend. They'll probably announce today or even on Saturday morning. Um, but I think, and I don't know what Gareth thinks, I think this already could be make or break for Tom this season. I do think he could be make or break for Tom this season. It's, it's like if you... A footballer, a football manager, like Mourinho, for example, there's always people calling for him to be sacked for a poor start just because he's not won the league title yet. It's silly, in my opinion. Now, and Andy, um, what what are you looking for in these two replacements that would make the team the, the improvement that we all want it to be? And when I say we all want to be, I mean Steelers fans, obviously. Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm I'm looking for a steady guy, someone who can uh, maybe just calm things down a bit and maybe shoot a bit more other than look for that pass. Um, someone who just gets in those right areas, you know, where you think, all oh, right, he's open, there's a clear clear chance if I pass to him, you know, he's, he's got a back door or, or something like that. And yeah, it's just that scoring touch and just someone to, to calm the rest of the team down a bit. I think that's what I'm looking for the most. No, I must admit, that's the areas I'm looking at as well. Now, people will listen to this, and I know it's become a topic that's very hot in, in Sheffield, and, and, and other fans that are looking at Sheffield and uh, maybe even smirking to themselves, fair play. You know, there's, there's, not, there's nothing wrong in that per se. Um, let us know what you think on that, and let us know if we're wrong. Let us know if you think that isn't an agenda, and it's just simply he's not got enough and he should go. Obviously, our social media um, outlets on Twitter, MFZ Podcast, and on Facebook, My Fancies and Boney Podcast. Messages, let us know what you think. Um, and we will do that because we on our new section towards the end of the show. So we'll move on from there because we could spend a heck of a lot of time on that subject. And we'll move on to next weekend's games. Um, and let's go through Saturdays. Um, starting with the uh, the Nuggan Panthers against the uh, the Glasgow Clan. The Five Flyers will be taking on the Belfast Giants. Um... Milton Keynes will be taking on the Guildford Flames, Cardiff will be playing the Coventry Blaze, and Manchester will be playing the Sheffield Steelers. Guys, what are you expecting from them games? Hopefully another win for the Storm against you guys. Being, it was so good last time. We'll Why not do it, it a second time? We'll ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, I, I think the... Um, the tougher game is going to be Milton Keynes. I think they're going to be there too very even match teams and I think that could be the, the game of the, of the Saturday um, I, I don't know what you think Andy um, unless you think a, a different game could be the game of the day No I think you're right I, I think it's going to be a very good game very end to end and very close as well No uh, I, I say, I, I, 
we all said Fife and Belfast could be a close one, and then Belfast kind of uh, romped home in the cup game. But a return to Kakadu for the Giants. Do we expect a different result from that? I don't really expect a different result. I still think it's going to be Belfast again that will win in that game. Andy? Yeah, same Belfast to me as well. They've had a good few uh, few last games and looking very strong. No, they have been. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a Belfast win on that one as well. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Cardiff and Coventry, the uh, the local derby for the uh, the two of them. Um are Cardiff going to carry on romping away like they did against Milton Keynes and uh, continue their quest for the three-peat? Or is Coventry's uh, spirit and play that they're starting to show, could they give the Devils a challenge? I think that would decide on if Mika Whitman brings his A-game. If he's there, his A-game's there, then that's going to be a tough game for Cardiff. If not, I can see Cardiff running away with it, basically. Andy? I think I'm going for a Cardiff win, but I think it will be close. I, I, I don't. I won't be surprised if Tim Crowder gets a brace for Coventry as well. Now, I'm not going to predict this one because it showed my skills when I said Milton Keynes could get a sneaky win against the Devils last week, and that really didn't go well. So I'm just going to say it's going to be a tight game, um, but I, I'm going to say I think it's going to go to overtime. I think they're going to push each other, and I think the uh, local rivalry will do well. So you move on to Sunday, um, and we will start in the House of Steel, and it's the Steelers' first game against the Devils this season. Um, I'll start with Andy. Steelers are in turmoil. Also, everyone believes. Everyone's wanting the coach out. The fans aren't happy. They aren't now. They're not happy. It's a 4pm face-off. And the worst team potentially could be the Devils to come in after romping against Milton Keynes 9-1. Do we expect anything different, or can we see a result, a plausible result, of the Steelers getting a win against the Devils? I would love to say yes, but uh, the confidence that the Devils have at the minute, especially after that 9-1 win against MK, uh, I'm definitely going for the Devils when I'm, I think they'll be ready for it. They'll, you know, they've got a full line-up, uh, some great players on that team as well. And I think they'll they'll come out storming against us. Uh, Gref, um, as a, a neutral uh, per se, um, c- can can you see the potential of a uh, of a turnaround in fortunes on Sunday for the Steelers against the Devils? I can't really see that happening, unfortunately. Now for you guys, the only thing I think about that game would be it'll be a close game, and that will be thanks to your netminder whistle. I think that's going to be the only. It's going to be the battle of the the GB goalies. Indeed it is. Um, for me, I think it depends on the two signings, if we get them in in time and, and what signings they are. And obviously we'll, we'll discuss them if they do arrive on the next podcast. So we'll go from the Steelers Devils to the Stars Storm. Um, Gareth, give us your thoughts. Are Manchester going to get another win? Uh, start the season, I'd say yeah. But look at the, the farm for Dundee. I think that's going to be a really tricky game, especially if we've we've still got the bus legs. Cause it's a, a bit of a good trick all the way up to Dundee. It's like a fair amount of hours. So I I want to say Storm will win, but either way, it's going to be I say overtime. Okay. I don't want to say who to though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, Andy. Um, 
do you see a, 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 another win for another home win for the Stars? I can, yeah. Uh, another team who's really, really improved this season, um, and I, I can definitely see it going Dundee's way, uh, although it being a very close game. No, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm going to edge the Stars. Sorry, uh, Gref. Um, I just think the way they're playing at home on the highlights in the preseason, I think they're going to get the edge. So we go from Dundee, we go to the East Midlands in Coventry, the Blaze against the Lightning. I, I, I'm going to go Lightning win. Um, I think they're going to carry on with the results. I know Coventry playing well. They're, they're going to have a great uh, support of the Sky Dome. I think Milton Keynes have got a bit too much um, on the Coventry Blaze, Andy. I have to agree with you, yeah. Uh... I think MK are just a little bit deeper, and I think they will uh, definitely forge that win out. Uh, and, and Graf? I think if MK turn up with 13 players like they did against Cardiff, then Coventry will win. However, if they turn up with a good roster, then yeah, my thoughts are going to be an MK win. Okay, and then we'll go further south, and we'll go to Guildford with the Flames against the, the Glasgow clan. Um, long journey for the clan. Gref, I, I, me personally, I can't see anybody but a Flames victory. Can you see anything different? I can't myself, no. I can only see a Flames victory in this one. As much as Clan do look like a good team this year, Guildford are just on form at the moment. Uh, and Andy, um, I know Glasgow got a good away win last week, but can they repeat it? Can they get another one? I can't see that, unfortunately. Although they had a great road game last time. Uh can't see them doing the same again, unfortunately. Okay, on the open team. Okay, and then the last game of the weekend sees the Belfast Giants host the Five Flyers. So Five for going over across the Irish Sea. Um, I don't know what anybody else thinks, but I get I can't see anything but a Giants win. Uh, I'd like Five to prove us wrong. I know Owen's going to put in another good performance, but I just can't see anything but a Giants win. Yeah, I, I second that. I'd love to see Five edge it but I don't really see that happening I see it at Belfast win. Andy? I have to agree I, I, I think it's uh, in terms of fixtures it's very unanimous this week uh, yeah another win for the, the Giants um, I'd probably said by two or three goals I think ok um, so um I mean, when you, we'll hopefully get this out uh, on Fridays before the games. If you're telling, if you think we're wrong, please give us uh, your reactions. Um, so one thing to talk about that we've not mentioned yet is obviously this season, Free Sports, uh, Free to Air Channel are covering the Elite League in a combination of live games and highlight shows in between each um, week of live games. Now. I don't know if your guys have seen the the production yet of either the highlights of the free the live game. I saw the the first highlights and the live game, and I must admit I'm very impressed um, with what they're doing and, and what they're going to give to the British hockey fan and potentially anybody else who's, who could stumble across as it's a free to air channel. Um, our wonderful game of hockey. I watched the the first highlight show. That was really good production there. I've not watched any. Elite League hockey on there, yeah, as a the live stream of it. I did watch the a few KHL games on there though, and an SHL game, and that production's even it's top quality production there. I say I, I like uh, what they bring, and one thing I do like is that they've got for me three of the four hardest working people when it comes to 
producing producing ice hockey either on TV or radio. In respect to they have Aaron Murphy, Paul Eddy uh, on the main commentary, but also Chris Ellis, the ringside assistant, and Andy, as someone who's watched hockey on TV and listened to it, um, that's a great trio to have to lead your live games. They are a great trio, and I think many of us have uh, seen that other coverage uh, of, of Great Britain as well. Uh, they're a fantastic team, and uh, you know I, I think they're exactly right for eSports. Uh, in terms of Elite League, I haven't seen the highlight show or any games so far, but I did see uh, the uh, Calgary-Boston game, uh, the China games on the Wednesday. That was a really good game. Uh, it was... Yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really good picture, and uh, I think Free Sports have done a fantastic job team up with all, all leagues. I must admit, it's kind of lent to another question I weren't expecting to ask, but we'll ask it. Their generic coverage of, of hockey in this country, I mean, you've got the Elite League, you've got um, the IIHF, the World Championships, and Great Britain, but this year they're in the same thing. Great stuff to hear, um, and the SHL and the KHL, uh, and obviously the, the CHL, the Champions Hockey League. Um, as a free-to-air um, ch- channel, uh, any hockey fan, that, that's just a delightful package of, of hockey to watch, isn't it? It's brilliant to watch. I mean, we're normally just used to staying up until, like, what, 1, 2 a.m. in the morning, sometimes even more, like 4 a.m., watching NHL hockey in October time. But to watch this at, like, a normal time during the day... And it's been free. We don't have to find anything on the website and on the internet to, to actually watch the games. It's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate Andy may not be towards our age bracket uh, and, and relying on one game a week at uh, midnight on a Friday. But, but Andy, having so many games, so many highlights uh, shows um, on all these different leagues, um, and obviously ones we mentioned and the NHL, it's just just a great time um, to be a hockey fan in this country. It's fantastic. I mean, uh, through, through free sports to win, first get the NHL, then the SHL, Champions League, KHL, now the Elite League. I think it's a fantastic uh, advert uh, for UK hockey as a whole. And I don't think in past seasons I've, I've heard, uh, either on Twitter or Facebook, of so many new fans going to new games, enjoying it, and then wanting to go to, to more of them. And I think part of that is because of the advertising that free sports is giving. And I think without free sports, uh, you know, we won't be in a position that we are now. We'll be improving week on, uh, year on year the sport in this country. I must admit, it does give that great market share. And one person, excuse me, that is also to mention in kind of the dream for for of people who do great work and hard work in terms of bringing production of hockey either on the radio or TV is Seth Bennett. And anybody will remember Seth's commentary and Aaron Murphy's commentary. When Robert Farmer's goal um, went in against Hungary, um, legendary stuff, um, and you know something to, to make you smile. Um, their next show is the live game next Wednesday, the 26th of September. The Panthers against the Devils should be a belter, and I believe face-offs around half seven. I, I believe I say um, Nottingham's face-off times. Um, so do check it out. You know, um, should be a, should be a cracker of a game. Their game on Saturday was, on all counts, an absolute belter. Um, so. We asked earlier on today for people to throw in a few questions, you know, give us something to, to discuss, and uh, we've got uh, three people um, chuck in, so thank you very much. So the first person um, is Liam McNulty on Twitter, thank you very much, and he asked us 
is what did we make of the new rules brought in into the league and, and have they benefited the game in general? Now, whilst I give Gref and Andy the chance to um, to think of the answer, Joe saw this and um, gave an answer. So I'll throw this in um, and then I'll, I'll bring it in. So it is sort of the late, the late hit rule. So it's the late hit rule, um, the goal covering the puck for delay of game and the face-off rule. He thinks it's, a, it's good in principle. It, it leaves a lot down to referee in terms of in, interpretation. And in, in fairness, it shouldn't be too dis, dissimilar to what would have been previously called for roughing or interference. Um, although he's not seen it much in games that he's watched, um, he doesn't think it's going to have too much of an impact. In, in terms of the, the goalie covering the puck, so not to delay the game, um, it's a good idea. Um, and it's a good rule to impose. Um, it's open to interpretation. And he's, what he's seen, what he likes is that referees have kind of had a word with the goalies that have seen it um, and gone, you know, next time I'm going to call you for delay a game. Um, and I think, you know, like I says, it will f- fasten the game up and that's what they're wanting to do. And the face-off rule. Now, if those who don't know or have not seen the um, the new definition, what used to have is if it's a face-off guy was in early, they throw him out. Now, they just warn him. And if they infringe again, it's a penalty. It's a face-off violation penalty. And he likes the rule. Um... And you see, what you see is what the one thing that Joe likes is the communication between the linesman dropping the puck and the players. Um, so you know you're getting a faster and a better quality game. And you've got then your face-off men still, you know, doing the face-offs, which is in essence that's you know that's what all the teams build their games around. Um, Gref, Andy, what do you think of them? I love the the face-off rule. That's the, where they I've seen it plenty of times where the linesman's just going putting their one finger up for just one finger, saying right, first warning. Then it 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 gives you your face off guys the chance to actually get set and try and win the face off, which could lead into a goal. The goalie cover one, bit of a a hum and ahhing about that one. I've only seen it once this season so far. That was against us, which I didn't fully agree on. But what happens happens. I didn't agree on it because one of the Panthers players was going towards Gid. So I thought, okay, he's keeping it in his, his glove. That's perfectly fine. Obviously, it wasn't. He got given a penalty for it. Delayed hit on the other hand. I'm perfectly fine with that. As as long as the delayed hit will actually be like for a, an interference call, a roughing call. If it's a hit that's it's done like a split second after the player's left the puck, then I wouldn't call that a delayed hit. i call that Falling through with your hit. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on the on them rules? In terms of face-off uh, rule and the um, good live game rule, um, I think they're good rules because they also help to keep the game flowing, uh, and that's I think something that we all enjoy. We, we don't really don't want to see too many stoppages in the game. You know, we're, we're going to see free-flowing, fast-paced hockey. So I think they are two rules that are good ones. Um, I do agree with Gref though, uh, with the light hit one. Uh, I have seen it called maybe uh, once or twice where it should where it should be maybe an elbow, elbow and penalty or interference. Uh, and I think the referees have sort of not quite grasped the sort of difference between those calls. Um, but the light hit one is. As Gareth said again, you know, it's, it's a player finishing his shot if he's already committed into it. Um, if it's like off the play uh, and he wasn't aiming to that in the first place, but then does it after he's moved the puck along, 
Uh, I think that that's what you should be called. For me, just going through them rules, um, the one that I do like is the face-off rule. I think, again, I kind of do a lean towards Joe in terms of his good communication. It makes the face-off guys being come honest and they, they do the right thing. In terms of the late hit rule, I think what it's good for is it differentiates where... And again, this is a, an opinion, not anything based on that, but you saw referees would may go, mm, let's call interference or let's call boarding or charging or something else like that. You just kind of thought, we'll just lay hit. This now makes it clear, definitive. But again, there's been a couple that we've seen um, in Sheffield, because we've been there. It's, it's their first few weeks of the season. So they've had obviously had the, the, the camps and the and the, uh, the courses and been told how to implement the rules and everything. Um, I, I like it. Um, it makes it clear. And then also, when it comes to any potential supplementary disciplinary, it kind of then makes it easy for them to, to look at, well, that was a late hit. Was it something? You know, it, it, it makes for a clean hit game. What they have said, it's not about finishing your hits. You can finish your hits. It's timing. It You know, if you know, if the puck's two or three seconds away, why finish the hit? Is there any point in it? It just makes it thinking about... But if the puck's there, if the guy's with the puck and he's there in a position to be hit, that's not dangerous then continue because um, what you don't want to see is, is players getting hurt on, on bad hits um, across the board now the goalie rule I have an issue with it I'm going to bring the next question in This is it's one from Brett Ellis who I know is also another goalie um, it's who decides what's classed as pressure now for me the rules brought in it's to, cl- to quicken the game up and that's fine and I've seen it and I'll put my hand up sometimes you do it just to try and gain a bit of time get, just to slow things down and, and grind the game to a halt but the game's quicker the game's changed you know it's not this North American clutch and grab it's a lot more quicker it's a lot more fast flowing and to look at goalies purposely just freezing the puck because you know when they could have played it and we're not talking playing it to give to the man the, the forward on the opposite team so he can score an empty net we're talking playing it to his own man to carry the game on I'm, I've got I've got issues with that rule um, it's obviously it's the um, who decides it's obviously the referee and it's his interpretation of, of what's fast flowing game now if like say the one on, on, on Jane that you mentioned Gref um, if you know if, the, if everyone's coming on then instinct is to, to freeze the puck and, and to keep you know don't allow the opportunity for a goal to be scored on the, on the netminder. Is that slowing the game down? I don't think it is. I think that's the netminder being a bit smart, which, you know, goalies aren't, by rule apparently, aren't smart people. So, I think it has promise overall. I think there's certain bits where I'm not, I don't agree with. Same with the instigator rule. Uh, in the previous episode, we, we kind of touched on that just a little bit. Um, but I think it will help the game flow. Um, I'll open it to you, to um, Gref and Andy. Do you think, you know, is it good that the referee, obviously it is the referee, but do they have, or should they have, a black and white definition of what they should consider, or is it more managing it as per the game? I'd say it's more, more of a definition, something, you know, all right, that's happened, that should be the call. It shouldn't be... You know what? These two teams—they're always rough. They're always—they uh, got the most penalties in the league. I'm just going to call it everything, the slightest thing. Okay. okay. And Andy, do you, do you agree with Gref? I do. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think it's referee's decision to to call it if 
you know, if he had two or three players on the goalie's team that were around him so that he had someone to pass to. Uh, and it depends if if also the other team are crashing that net and if they're putting pressure on, uh, just going into the zone, coming close to him, I think that's the right time to cover it. But if there's like um, three or four players on that team that surrounds the goalie that is on his team, but I think that that's a perfect, you know, sort of time to play, and then they can just break out and then try and get a play running. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my viewpoint. I'm, I'm, I'm going to repeat what I said last week, and we got a message like in this new campaign. I think it's just we need again the game needs to show goalies love, um, and you know these rules don't look like they're showing us love. So you know we're we're part of the team as well. You know we're as, as much a as important part as the, uh, the the snipers, the Joey Martins of the world. So, but uh, no, it's uh, I think it's a rule that will make the game quick, and I think the goals will will switch on very quickly. Um, and you know, we, we all want fast flowing hockey, so you've kind of got to just accept it uh, in that in that context of that's what they're wanting to do. So if you want fast flowing, you've got to give with that. So I think we'll see. And again, first few weeks, we'll see the definitions in a uh, you know. But more sharper and goals just understanding better. Um, the last point, and um, that was raised by Rich Quinn. Thank you very much uh, for messaging us. Is should there be? I'll, I'll paraphrase um, how we how we put it. Should there be a bit more consistency on the instigator rule? And the definition he gave was it was in the Sheffield Five game where Kieran Brown was hit uh, and Dave Brown came in to to defend his player. Uh, both got, um, I believe, a five minute. I will double check just to me on the safe side. Um, and then later on in the game, Dave Phillips, uh, no, sorry, Chris Lawrence, my apologies, was hit late. And then he got back up and engaged in a fight and he was given an instigator penalty. On the face of it, and I'll, I'll double check the stats to be on, on the safe side, is that consistency correct or is it just more the definition of, inter- of the instigator rule that we mentioned last week? I think that's more the the definition of what we interpreted last week. I think the refs they're not all obviously they're not always going to have the, the most perfect game. They're going to call it from straight as much as we want them to, because they're just normal human beings at the end of the day. I don't know what Andy thinks about this either, though. But it's for me, it's more of a it's more like a catch twenty two for the referees in general. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's more of a definition thing. And uh, for me, it's it, it's not the referee's fault calling these. No, it, it, it's the rule. It's what they've implemented. Uh, I don't agree with it, and I'm sure a lot of people don't as well. But if if a player has that right to sort of you know have that bit of retaliation to go up to him and say and sort of engage in a fight, if it's mutually consented, then you know. I, I don't think that's an instigation penalty for me, but it's in the rules. And unfortunately, that's just something we've, I think we've just got to cope with for now. No, I must admit, I'm, I'm with Andy and Griff on that one, and I know just because we spent a fair bit of time last week, Joe agrees. Just to confirm, Dave Phillips didn't get the instigator penalty, so um, it was a case of, you know, is it more the interpretation of the rule? And again, it goes back on to the point that we made, you know, it's the referees their first weeks of the season as well, so they're fine-tuning themselves, and they can have... And it's like in any role, any sport, or anything, you can have so many camps, you can have so many uh, classroom lessons, but once you've done it a few times and get into the swing of things, that's when you're you're more sharper in, in how you call it. Um, so thanks uh, to Lee McNally, uh, Brett Ellis, Rich Quinn for that. 
we'll do it again next week. Uh, we may even give that section a, a name. Who knows? Um, but thanks for your input. Again, if you want to tweet us with your questions, it's to at MFZ Podcast. Uh, on Facebook, My Fancy Zamboni Podcast. Um, give us a follow. Share the pages. Retweet us. Um, spread the word. So that's, that's it for this week. Um, another good uh, podcast, and we'll be back next week. Um, it will be, again, uh, the three of us, uh, and we'll hopefully have a lot more to discuss uh, on a personal level. Hopefully a win for the Steelers on Saturday night so we can return the favour to Gref whilst he's shaking his head. Um, so, uh, Gref, thank you very much for your time this evening. No problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, and Andy, thank you very much. Thank you for having me and thank you for listening. Yes, thank you to everyone who's listened. We've had some great feedback. Um, hopefully this has worked. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Share the, the podcasts. Um, we are hoping um, to get them on different platforms such as iTunes and Spotify. Um, once we know that, we'll obviously let you all know. Um, so that's it for us. Um, thank you for listening and good night.